Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of One for One. I know we've, we've, we've been gone far too long. It's okay. It's okay. Your favorite, your favorite dads are here. It's, it's me, Nolan Schumann, joined once again by my co-host, Miles Fuchs. Miles, our children are ready to be saved by their fathers. How are you? Uh, I don't know if I want to pay that number of like parental monies to our children. So why don't why don't we uh, navigate away from these treacherous waters? I am I am okay since we last spoke, Nolan. Many things have been going on in the life of Miles, uh, and as I imagine, many things as well in the life of Nerlin. But uh, I'm excited to get back to the basics, uh, talk a little bit of Oilers, a little bit of hockey, and also share a personal story that I think um, will make everybody laugh, perhaps. It's, how are you? Tell I'm, me how I'm you, good. you are. I, I feel like I'm off. I, I feel like I'm ever so slightly off, and I feel like it's probably going to take like five minutes for me to like really find my fastball again. Um, I've been pretty good. Uh, big news in my life. I... I bought a house, so that's really exciting. Yes, thank you, thank you, th- thank you very much. Th- thank you very much for the golf clap. Uh, that's been really exciting. Um, going on a trip to Kelowna this summer, which will be pretty good. Uh, also, uh, during that Kelowna trip, we'll be making a trip to uh, a little place called Regina, Saskatchewan, which uh, is 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 quite exciting. So, looking forward to that. Um, but. But ultimately, really just getting prepped for this whole house business and uh, nervously awaiting what's going to happen with this uh, with this Oilers team uh, coming up to tomorrow, July 13th at uh, 12 p.m. Yeah, we're gearing up for free agent frenzy. Had a pretty exciting lead up. But uh, Nolan, the summer's in full swing. Um, we've gone through... The Stanley Cup final, we've gone through the Oilers season, uh, and that's a little bit of our early offseason as a couple of uh, intense hockey fans. How have you been spending your offseason? Um, as in, as in, like, how have I been spending my offseason, like, a- away from watching hockey? Yeah. Just really just paying attention to basically the off season of hockey unfortunately and also paying attention to the off season of like the NBA um the NFL has not gone without a little bit of drama uh watching a little bit of baseball every now and then uh haven't haven't tuned into to much of the golf but uh but I've been I've been I've been hitting the links pretty hard this summer so far yeah hell yeah man I've been golfing quite a bit as well I uh, had a little bit of a transitional phase in my personal life that resulted in me doing something that I thought I would never do. Surprise, surprise. I'm totally kidding. And that is go full Brett Hall mode. Now, Nolan, do you know what going full Brett Hall mode means? Um, I, I, I do, but uh, I'd like you to explain to the audience what going full Brett Hall mode means. So back when the St. Louis Blues won the Stanley Cup in 2019, Brett Hall famously as a staple in the St. Louis community went on stage with the blues with the cup and did like kind of an opening hype up speech um except for the fact that he was the drunkest man on planet earth confirmed um based on a speech that he gave where he had two bud lights in hand and said instead of saying let's go blues we say we went blues because we don't have to go anywhere 
we already did and it like was one of the most incoherent things ever a lot of people around like the arch didn't really know if they should clap like they're like yeah okay brett so uh kudos to the heat daddy on twitter but he's kind of coined the term uh brett hall mode as just going completely insane and wild and and uh for lack of a better term givener so nolan i know you know what happened but uh for the change to my appearance recently in the, the terms of an accessory Yes, I, 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 I have, I have seen photos of, of the, of the, of the change to your appearance. Um, but people, people can't currently see this podcast, Miles. So you may have to uh, inform them of what's going on. Well, Nolan, it's, it's no secret that often uh, sweat and tears are left on the D floor, and some nights, depending on how things go, there's also blood left on the D floor. And uh, I'm not saying that that happened to me per se, but I did pierce my nose on the dance floor of the rail yard barn saloon. Oh my God, Miles. Why did you do that? <laughs> um, well, Nolan, a change in my personal life recently has, has led me down a road of uh, a path of destruction, some might say. Um, some, some things that look like, but, um, I digress and I'm glad I did. Cause honestly, man, it kind of looks sick. To be honest. I got, I felt like King, I got a lot of attention. Um, I didn't get an infection, which is also really good because <laughs> Lord knows that that was definitely a possibility. So if I, if, if I would have had like a, an infected nostril, the week before absolutely horrendous, but Nolan, it's something that I've wanted to do for a really long time, and I finally got to take it for a trial run. And um, yeah, we're gonna see. It might become a, a staple in the uh, in the personal looks department for old Uncle Miles. What's funny is I, I can't even see it. Oh yeah, I took it out immediately. Oh, okay. I got home okay. from the barn. I took it out because <laughs> <laughs> you didn't want to. Because you didn't want to deal with the absolute hazing by your uh, by your coworkers. Yeah, man, the day job's got to come first, but also like it hurt like a lot, and I knew that if I took it out, like all in the house, we used vodka on paper towel and cleaned up. Yeah, horrible. I would not recommend. It hurt so much. I didn't think it was gonna hurt that bad, um, but yeah, the regret was instant. The regret was instant. But for for two hours, I got to feel really cool. Well. I'm really happy. And then Nolan, you know <laughs> yes. what? Um, it's called, it's called, you know what, Nolan? It's, it's called balance because that was a Friday night. And then Monday before work, I went on a 4k jog. So, um, <laughs> maybe bleep that actually. <laughs> yeah, we're going to bleep that. <laughs> I think we're going to have to bleep that. Oh my god miles <laughs> um i i don't even know how to follow this up um, subscribe to our subscribe to subscribe to our only fans and get the unedited version uh subscribe that to, bit because it's worth this subscribe, subscribe to our patreon <laughs> just kidding um oh my god uh 
So yeah, we talked about we've talked about a person who thinks that they're a rock star. Let's talk about a group of people who are actually rock stars. And Nolan, that Good is segue. the Colorado Avalanche, who won the 2002 Stanley Cup since we last chatted. The Avs won in six games over the Tampa Bay Lightning in a dominating fashion. General Manager of the Year Joe Sackick and former like big fan. I loved him. Um, not former, still current. His full vision came to fruition. A team built on speed, forechecking, generating chances on the cycle, and playing suffocating defense. Uh, certainly did that to the Tampa Bay Lightning, two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. Um, in your opinion, on the best team on the Cup, and in my opinion, the best team also won the Cup. The Avs looked dirty all playoffs, only lost four games the entire four rounds of, of the playoffs, none to the Oilers, Sokes. But um, yeah, the number of guys got to lift the cup above their head for the first time. Some younger guys, some older guys, including Andrew Cogliano, former Oiler. That was nice to see. Honestly, I did like to see that. Yeah, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy for Cogliano. He's just an awesome player um, and just has remained consistent. He's never been a star. He's never been a guy that even you'd look at it as like a full-blown top six option, but he's a guy that plays pretty decent defense, can skate really well, and is just, a, and, and it is, I mean, going back to what you said there, a, a, an absolute beast on the forecheck. So um, really happy to see him do well for himself and really happy to see him lift the cup above his head. Um, even a guy like Darcy Kemper, I'm really happy for. Um, he's a, he's, he's a Sask boy, which is cool to see. Um, a guy that, I don't know, I don't know, it sounds really weird. I, I actually said this the other day. Does it not seem like Darcy Kemper is the kind of guy that when he's not on the ice, he looks like he'd wear like a really dated pair of glasses? Like, 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 like 2009 framed glasses? Like, yeah, he kind of looks like a dentist, I guess you could yeah. say. Or like... Does or that like, not fit the archetype of a of a dentist? Or like just finished his like ninth year of post grad at the U of R. <laughs> U of S is from Saskatoon. Oh right. Oh, Oopsie Daisy. Did did you hear the um, Joey Moss story about Cogliano? Uh yes, yes. yeah yes I have. Yeah. I, yeah. He used to call him. He used to call him Andy Colorado because he couldn't say Cogliano. So him and Sam Gagne were joking that like yeah Joey called it years ago that I was gonna win a cup in Colorado. So I I thought that was really cute. I thought that was really nice. What a king. Um, Joey Moss also got a school got a school named after him in Edmonton. Hey, a that's middle school. Sick. Joey yeah. Moss uh, middle school. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's incredible. So very cool that the Edmonton community is doing that. That's sick. Speaking of sick, Nolan, Kale McCarr had a Bobby Orr-like performance, quick meth, in 20 games while shutting down the opposing team's top lines en route to a Con Smythe trophy. What a, what a king. What a rock star. What a certified health nut. He is so good at hockey. It's outrageous like barn I, I i know that we talked about this on a previous episode but he is bar none the best defenseman i think i've i, I think i've i've ever watched yeah he's a freak uh definitely top three players in the nhl discussion at the moment like very easy that he would be in that conversation he looks fantastic nolan another player you wanted to highlight here was valerie nechuskin had a monster performance uh, he got rewarded with an eight-year, $49 million contract this offseason. Um, little Val Nachuskin bit is that that's going to be uh, what, what, what the folks at home, folks in the industry call foreshadowing. 
as we get along with a few more discussions here. Um, but the real story of the offseason has been the beating that the Stanley Cup has been taking at the hands of the Colorado Avalanche. They are certainly giving Alexander Ovechkin a run for his money um, with what they're doing on route to a celebration uh, that will last a lifetime. The boys are having fun. It is clear to see. It certainly seems like it. It seems like they're having, having a fun. little bit of fun, at least. A um, new dent every day. Every mile's a memory. Every mile's like 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 Miles Fuchs. <laughs> wow, you see how it, why, why, why you see how it comes full circle. And uh, what's actually funny about that is that uh, the, the, the guy that actually had the very infamous uh, initial damage to the Stanley Cup, Nicolas Aubé-Coubel, famously fell with the cup as he was going for the, uh, the, the classic Stanley Cup photo with the rest of the boys. He's the one that damaged it and then got rewarded by not being qualified by the Colorado Avalanche. <laughs> Youch. <laughs> um, Off bounce. The ring will last forever. Well, Miles, would you like me to tell you about what else happened since we last spoke? Yes, Nolan. Why don't you draft up uh, some some notes on it and let me know what you think. Do Do you want me Do you want me to uh, 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 punish you with some facts about the uh, about the twenty twenty two NHL entry draft? I don't think anything about that is like punishment. I'm actually very excited, and I would love for you well, to answer a. Well, I, I'd love for you to answer a question that I legitimately have that I will tell you after because you're you're about to answer it. So go ahead, Father. Tell me more. Tell well, me more. Well, first and foremost, uh, I said punished because we I referred to us as dads starting off <laughs> starting off this episode. So you know. By classic punish me daddy st- stance, I'm 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 giving you what you want to hear. <laughs> so classic, hey! That's just something <laughs> everybody deals with in their day as a daddy king. <laughs> well, Miles, the Montreal Canadiens did not take Shane Wright first overall. <laughs> oh! me, spitting my, me spitting out my collective sip of water. Uh, instead, they elected to take a Slovak winger, Uri Slavkovsky. And you might look at his stats and say, hey, he only had 10 points in 31 Liga games. Uh, but he, I mean, he, he, he crushed it in the Olympics and at the world, seven goals in seven games. And, and in the world, he had nine points in eight games. Um, but I mean, 10 points in 31 games. Why the hell, why the, why the hell would you select that guy first overall? Oh, he's a six foot four, 224 pounds. That is a big hunk of meat. Uh, he's the highest selected Slovak since Marion Gabrick, who selected third overall in 2001. Speaking of Slovaks, another one got selected right after him in defenseman. I think it's Simon Nimic. I, I, I could be wrong in, in my pronunciation, but we're just going to go with that. Who was selected second overall by the Devils. By all accounts, a smooth skating, offensively gifted defenseman. And, fun fact, this was the first time two non-Canadians from the same country went in the top two since Ovi and Gina. Then, a third Slovak was selected in Philip Misar by the Montreal Canadiens. So the Habs coming out with two Slovaks in the first round. Very cool to see, and shout out to the country of Slovakia.
Um, I did not hear anything that was just said. Oh my fucking god. Yeah, no, you would absolutely be be, 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 be getting a hooting and hollering from me. I don't know why this is not working right now, and I'm losing my patience. Because I haven't had a problem. Um, okay. Okay. Okay, what the fuck could be going on? Okay, I'm going to close. No, I got that. I got everything closed there. Why is it not working? Okay. You don't have anything going on in your internet, right? Okay. Okay. Oh, my God. Um, okay. Try giving, try giving me something quickly again. I'm just seeing if things are maybe catching up. Just, like, tell me a quick little, like, 30-second story. Okay, that was that was a lovely ad read. Thank you. Um, we will not be uh, doing free advertisements. Um, <laughs> okay, so I'm coming through. I'm coming through on your. I'm coming through on your end. Perfectly fine. Oh my god, this is so stupid. Why is it not working? Then this is so fucking dumb. Like your internet's perfectly fine. My internet's fine. So I don't know why it's not working. It says you've got four white bars when you in reality, I, I think that's what it normally does. Because. Uh, I don't really think it's going to make much of a difference. Um, here. Let's try one quick thing, okay? I'm going to try this again. Because the only thing is, like, I don't want to have... Okay. Yeah, very cool to see three Slovakian players drafted together. And also very cool that the two Slovaks that ended up on the Canadians um, have been playing together since they were knee-high to a... I don't know what grows in Slovakia. A cabbage patch. <laughs> um, so very cool that they are now getting to play pro hockey together. Uh, for the Montreal Canadiens, uh, very interesting, very nice to see the three guys behind the stage, like jumping up and down, hugging each other. So hope that they have long, happy, healthy, um, successful, sexy, sexy careers, career. sexy, 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 sexy careers. <laughs> what? <laughs> Mr. Leahy, are you okay? <laughs> You're on the well, swish calling stuff sexy. Well, well, ran. <laughs> Um, fuck i don't want to be randy speaking, i do not want to be randy. <laughs> speaking speaking of sexy this is actually a tremendous oh, segue ah. oh shout out maverick lamoureux parents um because <laughs> god damn that was that, that was i mean pretty hot the, pretty hot to say the least open mouth tongue kiss when your kid gets drafted to the NHL on live TV. Um, the term rock star gets thrown around a lot, but that's 
fucking rock star. Um, uh, what was funny is I was actually listening lo- to a, I was actually listening to a podcast, and they were like, uh, "I don't think that we should." Um, you know, I I don't think it's I don't think it's fun to like, or I don't think it's funny to talk about uh, you know, Maverick Lambert's parents, uh, you know, ha- you know, sharing that kiss. It's like nobody's making fun of it. We're all just going, "That's fucking sick!" Like that's <laughs> unreal. Like it's, hell yeah! It's great to see uh, two people in love. Um, one day I hope to experience that feeling. Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, moving on from Maverick Lamru because we've got a we got a lot to talk about today. So now, might... <laughs> now leaving self deprecation station, we are going to be talking about the Oilers' first round selection that took a little bit of a trip to get there to make it happen uh, because they're originally slated to select at 27 29 originally originally uh, originally slated to let yeah, to select at 29 okay, until we have a trade to announce Yes, because the Oilers traded Zach Cassian, famously had two more years at $3.2 million per, a guy that I've never said a bad thing about on this podcast, um, we, uh, only glowing things to say, along with the 29th pick, a 2024 third rounder, and a 2025 second rounder to the Arizona Coyotes for the 32nd pick. So therefore, the Oilers moved back three spots, in the draft, which isn't so bad. Um, paying a second and third rounder is kind of tough. I understand that there it, that it's 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 future picks, so it's so far down the road, but um, not ideal because you want to use those in future in future trades. Um, but with that thirty second pick, your Edmonton Oilers selected winger Reed Schaefer from the Seattle Thunderbirds in the WHL, a late two thousand three kid. That was a late bloomer in his development. 32 goals, 26 assists for 58 points in 68 game or 66 games. Um, exploded in the playoffs for 21 points in 25 games. And once again, you might be saying, "Hey, that seems like a pretty uh, that seems like a pretty low point total for a guy that you're selecting at the end of the first round." Well, guess what? He's 6'3", 214 pounds. He's a big boy. Big, big, um, uh, 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 big buff boys. Uh, little buff boy. <laughs> and also to add insult to injury, he's from Spruce Grove, Alberta. So he's a big boy that apparently likes to hit and has soft hands around the net. Uh, I'll be honest, this pick kind of makes me a little flaccid. <laughs> um, like, I get it, uh, but I, I don't. I'm not big on taking guys that are such late bloomers and from a lot of the like scouting services and a lot of the different um uh the different like draft guides and stuff they all had Reed Schaefer kind of anywhere from the late 30s to the high 100s so I I yeah. I'm not I'm not huge on that but um if this guy does pan out then awesome that's tremendous to see um from there were a couple of things that uh, were, were kind of interesting. I know that um, at NHL Sid on Twitter, uh, who works for Oilers Nation, he mentioned that through 
somebody that you're from a source he has um, that some of Reed Schaefer's like underlying numbers, like with regards to like expected goals and stuff like that, were just completely insane because all he does is just get into the blue paint and he's always there and he's always causing havoc. So, I mean, if this guy can be really good, if this guy can. Um, can 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 turn into something maybe turn into our own version of Tom Wilson or our own version of a Josh Anderson that would be tremendous um I would have preferred a higher upside offensive selection but at the end of the day it's the end of the first round so I'm not I'm not exactly sure what you're gonna find right it um it kind of gives me Tyler Benson vibes like quite heavily like a late first round pick early second round pick uh, big guy who didn't really have an outstanding junior career local product uh, maybe not the best skater I see a lot of parallels but that being said I am speaking optimistically and I hope that Reed Schaefer pans out as an Oilers fan I hope that you know he's a guy that can contribute to this team goes to Bakersfield and like kicks ass I want nothing but the best for him so welcome to the Oilers Reed Schaefer we are thrilled to have you as a fan base rock on brother rock on Reed um speaking of rocking on the Oilers only had four more picks but they I think these guys just went for, well, I think two of them, they went for upside. Uh, and then the fourth, they literally just said, fuck it and wanted to, and just tried to have a little bit of fun. Um, in that, in the fifth round, 158th overall, they selected Swedish goalie Samuel Johnson or Johnson. I don't know. I'm assuming it's probably Johnson. Um, yes. And you know what? He's six foot six, big Swede. See see what happens. Uh, then in the sixth round, 190th overall, I think a guy that might be a little interesting, um, Russian defenseman Nikita y- 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 Yevsiev. Um, sorry, Nikita, if you make the Oilers, I will make a, I, I will try really hard to pronounce your name properly. Um, seemingly a kind of mean defenseman with a little bit of an offensive touch to him. We'll see what happens there. Um, but a guy that, It'd be really nice if uh, if we if we had pan out in the sixth round. Uh, the Oilers aren't afraid to take any Russians, so I, I I like seeing that. I think swinging for talent is 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 always the smarter option. And in the seventh, at two hundred and twenty-two overall, they selected Finnish forward Yol Mata. Now, why is Yol Mata uh, important? Well, he plays for the University of Vermont. Miles, who co- who do you think coaches the University of Vermont? Uh, I know the answer. Don't we? Ha- we have a guy already in the system that's in, at University of Vermont, right? Correct, Luca Munzenberger. Yes, um, that's where I was going more so with that. Who coaches at U Vermont? I don't know. You'll have to tell me. Oh, some guy named Todd. Checks notes. Todd Woodcroft. Ah, Jay's brother. So. I guess if you got a, I guess if you got a guy that your brother can give you some, you know, pointers on how he's playing, I guess what, whatever. But it, he's a, a very much an overager. I think he's like twenty two years old. So like this guy is straight up like on the brink of the freaking old folks home. So we'll 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 see what happens there. But nonetheless, Nepotism. welcome friends. Nepotism. Imagine this guy ends up just being just sick. 
Yeah, and we get on cold takes exposed. It's like, look at these two armchair hockey fans that know jack shit. And then he ends up just like being the first player on like the 22 redraft order. We look stupid. God, I hope. I hope. That would be so sweet. Well, you said hope, Miles. And hope is a very apt term because the NHL is moving towards free agency. And there's a lot of hope that teams have when entering free agency. Got some holes to fill. Can we do that on, on, on an efficient budget? Can we get guys locked down for the right term, for the right money? Do we have to make any trades? Well, there have been some trades in the NHL. And let's talk about those. I think Heavy I'd like trade, to I think I'd bro. like to start off by talking about the draft day trades that happened before we get to the most uh, before we get to the most recent ones. Um and I mean the biggest draft day trade I think of them all or actually you know what let's let's go a little bit earlier before that. We're going to we're going to we're going to just just a tiny bit. Um Let's can I can I start with the bottom one? Absolutely. Yeah, go ahead. Cuz this is the oldest one and that this would is be, one yeah. that I and I was really happy to see, um, Nolan, it finally happened. After one failed attempt and a lot of anger and a lot of jokes on the internet, rushing forward from the Vegas Golden Knights, Yevgeny Dadunov was moved to the Montreal Canadiens for the contract of Shea Weber. Confirmed per Darren. No more messing around. He's out of Vegas. You love to see a guy succeed. You love, you love to see um, things happen for players. And it's good that it finally did. At least he's going to a place that has pretty decent nightlife. So he's going from Vegas with like <laughs> tremendous nightlife to Montreal, which might are, are arguably might be better. Who knows? I'm not sure. Like, man, you know what? We're chirping. But like after the moves that Montreal made at this draft that we will continue to talk about, like Dadnoff must be thrilled to get back to playing hockey. Because like... Montreal is going to be fun. Montreal is going to be cool. Yeah, I I completely agree. I mean, they they've just all they've done is just kind of tinker and I think this I think that this organization has an idea that they're that they're like they're they're ready to do something special. Um following that up, I I don't know which one happened first, but I think it was the I think it was this one. Uh Kevin Fiala moved to the LA Kings for a 2022 first and Brock Faber um, I believe that tw- formerly uh, and- a Faber drive. Whoa! <laughs> um, Brock Faber, uh, by all accounts, a pretty decent, uh, a pretty decent like middle pairing defenseman. That's quite good in his own zone. Uh, Kevin Fiala, by the way, uh, just had a tremendous year, but unfortunately was playing on the Minnesota Wild, who decided to say fuck it last summer and completely detonate their cap space for the next two years. Um, so unfortunately, uh, well, Kevin Fiala was a, a, a fallen soldier along the way. So, uh, that, more, but then more unfortunately than that, Nolan is anyone who's a fan of a Pacific division team, because him coming into the center ice position in the Pacific division is going to suck, especially with how steadfast and defensively sound that Kings like center core is. I'm, I'm upset to quote Drake. Is he a centerman or is he a winger? He's a winger. Oh fuck, whatever. <laughs> but he's good, man. Either way, it's he's 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 really Either good. Way it sucks for a Pacific Division. He's yeah, really good. He's a good hockey player. 
Um, he was slapped with a eight-year extension worth $7.8 million per. A lot of money, um, but I think that that's pretty good for for a guy with the potential ceiling of Kevin Fiala. Moving on from there, the Tampa Bay Lightning have realized that they need to do, uh, well, you can only keep the band together for so long because they move Ryan McDonough to the Nashville Predators for Philip Myers and... Yep, you heard it. Grant Mishmash. (laughs) What an unfortunate last name. And my last name is one letter away from a catastrophe. So, um, (laughs) Mr. Mishmash, I I feel your pain, brother. Um, one little, one little fun tidbit about this trade actually is, uh, Philip Myers has one of those weird contracts where because he's under 25, if you were to buy him out, he, Tampa would actually get a cap credit and then would only have to pay like $600,000 next year on the cap. But apparently they're deciding to hold on to Philip Myers. And I actually kind of like this. I think that's actually a, a pretty decent bet because Philip Myers, when he was on Philadelphia, had a lot of had a, a, a lot of hype around him because he was really showing this like this poise with the puck being able to be really really productive in his own end um a guy that can make a clean breakout pass he has tools he really does have all of those physical tools you want out of a out of a right-handed defenseman that big six foot five frame um and also just just the just the ability to shut guys down but I think it's more of a mental aspect and fuck you you put him on Tampa Bay and I think that that's a really smart decision by them to sort of take advantage and to see what they can mold this guy into. I like the analysis. Um, hate the trade. Um, I hope that Sergachev is ready to play some big minutes because I think that that's what that Tampa Bay front office is, is hedging that move on. So we will see. And then going from there, let's go to the actual draft day trades. And we'll start off with the biggest one because, or, my God, I'm getting ahead of myself. Not the biggest one yet. Because this one was just before the draft, or this one was a few hours before the draft had started. And the Avs acquired their new starting goaltender, Alexander Georgiev, uh, for a 2022nd third and a 2022 fifth rounder. And a 2023 third rounder, um, seemingly replacing Darcy Kemper in the crease. And then they proceeded to slap Alexander Georgiev with a three-year deal worth uh, somewhere around what? I don't even know what the number was. It was like three point something. Um, yeah. I, I have some insight there, Nolan, if, if, you, if you wouldn't mind me jumping in. Absolutely. So, obviously, friend of the show, uh, NYR. Nick was, you know, not like destroyed. They're a good goalie. So they're upset as an as a fan base to see this guy go, but they're happy that he's finally getting an opportunity. And one of the things that um the analytics crowd in New York will tell you is that when Shesterkin was out and Georgiev was getting consistent starts, his numbers were really, really good. And it was only when he, so it seems like he's a bit of a workhorse and that he plays better when he's getting consistent starts from the limited sample size that they have. Right. So I think that for an analytically driven team, like the avalanche, they're really looking at that and they're really like hoping that that's what's going to happen for them. And by all accounts, I think it will, I think he's a pretty good goalie and it would be, you know, just nice to see a guy 
get out from that shadow. That seems to happen a lot in New York, hey, where they just have the, well, through the history of Lundquist, they had a crazy workhorse in net and they had a lot of these guys under his tutelage, can't tell, but who... Auntie Ronta. Who left and had a good career elsewhere. So hopefully it happens for Auntie Ronta. Let's see you. I, yeah, I mean, I, I would, I would agree with that. I, I, I don't, I, I actually didn't know much about the anti Ranta numbers, um, beforehand. So that's actually some pretty good insight. I, I, I had no idea about that. So, um, I, I think it's a pretty smart gamble by the Colorado. Um, moving on from there, let's move to the biggest draft day trade there was, which, Chicago Blackhawks are officially throwing up their hands in the air and saying, fuck it, we gotta, we, we, we gotta blow this <laughs> thing up. Because Alex DeBrincat was sh- traded off to the Ottawa Senators for a 2022 first, which ended up being seventh overall, uh, a 2022 second, and a 2024 third round pick. Now, with that being said, Alex DeBrincat has one year left until he's an RFA with a qualifying offer of about $9 million. So from the Blackhawks standpoint, they didn't want to pay that qualifying offer and then potentially walk him into UFA and lose him for nothing. However, this is a really, really bad trade for the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, there were like there were rumblings earlier in the day that the Devils were willing to move the second overall pick for Alex DeBrincat, like Chicago could have had Shane Wright. Oh my God. We didn't even talk about Shane Wright, by the way, Shane Wright went fourth overall to Seattle. Jesus Christ. Good, good, good job guys. Um, like, they, but, like, like they, I'm sorry, go ahead. Keep going. Keep I was going. just going to say, yeah, like, like they, they, they could, they could have had Shane Wright. Um, and, and furthermore, they could have just like held on to Alex DeBrincat. He's 24 years old and they could have still kept him. I get the mindset of like, we want to get a guy that will have his prime with our young guy's prime, but I don't think there's anything wrong in just holding on to good players and you can trade them when you have all the leverage in the world. Um, with that seventh overall pick, they drafted uh, defenseman Kevin Korchinski from the Seattle Thunderbirds. Um, okay, <laughs> that's fine, um, but I'm like I'm shocked they got only one first round pick for him. Like that, blown I remember, away. I remember earlier in the summer, like packages were being talked about where like they wanted three firsts and a prospect. Like it was like some pretty crazy asks. And to see what he actually went for is pretty mind blowing. Like that sucks. That's a two time 40 goal scorer on a really bad team. Yeah. And he just seems like he's just getting better. <laughs> and he's on the dollar, Matt. Are we, are we ready to say? Nolan, are we? Can we talk about the Sens first? Uh, we'll wait. We'll wait because there's a couple more moves Senators related that I'd like to talk about. But there are rumblings about these Ottawa Senators, Nolan. The term, <laughs> the, the term "nasty" is being thrown around. Rumblings uh, from my um, insiders. But uh, then the the, uh, the Blackhawks followed that <laughs> who's up the by G- who's the GM and who's the GM in in uh, Chicago? It's so funny because his name, his name fits like the description. His name is like perfect for, um, have you ever seen the movie draft day? Miles? Like a Wiggins. No, no. Okay. 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 Cause, um, anyways, so there's a scene in draft day where Kevin Costner is playing the, the, playing the GM of the Browns draft day is a horrible movie. It's like, it's quite objectively terrible. 
And there's a scene where he is trying to make all these draft day trades and he acquires the pick from Jacksonville and they have this like what they call like kid GM. So he's like this like rookie GM in Jacksonville and just completely gets raked over the coals for his first round pick. The GM of the Chicago Blackhawks name is Kyle Davidson and Kyle Davidson has such a like um, has such a like it's my first week on the job and I just want to make sure I don't screw things up. And that's exactly the vibe I got because my heavens, what are you doing? Yeah, just when you thought that his move for Debrinkat couldn't be outdone, he says, uh, hold my beer while I trade Kirby Doc to the Canadians for 22 first and second rounder. Tough, 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 tough. Now, with that being said, this might come off as a hot take. I actually don't really mind the move to trade Kirby Doc. Really? And here's the thing: is Chicago was looking for a mid first rounder, which they they got. Um, Kirby Doc at this point, I understand that he's only 20 years old, and by all accounts, I would I would take the bet on Kirby Doc being a pretty damn good player. Um. He's 21 years old, and he still has not scored more than 26 points. And um, he's got 59 points in 152 games. He still has not even scored 20 goals in the NHL yet. I understand that he's had injuries, and that's something to take into account. Um, But I don't hate the idea because what they in turn did is they used that 13th overall selection to select Frank Nazar, who, like, by all accounts, is one of the most, like, I don't want to say boomer bust, because I don't think that his bust factor, bust factor actually sounds really funny, um, I, I don't think that he's necessarily, um, like, um, I don't think that he's going to, like, tank at all, but the ceiling on this kid is outrageously good. Like, he's apparently just a phenomenal skater, has all of this offensive upside. Um, he's going to play with, He's gonna play for Michigan next season, so he's going to go back to a really talented team, which I'm assuming is going to bring Luke Hughes on. Um, I'm not entirely certain yet, but I, I don't totally hate it because it's a matter of like, all right, this is a new management group. This is not my guy, so I'm going to take, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to throw my own pitch on my own guy myself and be able to work around that. So I don't totally hate the move for Chicago. I think it is kind of, I don't know. I, I just, I think it's, it's really rough to, to have to look, to have to look at it and say, oh yeah, we just traded a 21 year old for a mid first round pick. Yeah. And I'm like, I, okay. When you first started talking, I was like, this guy's fucking nuts. But as you kind of explained it, I liked your rationale a little bit more because you see that happen a lot in the, in the NFL where, you know, regime changes happen and guys that were or the other, you know, player, the other coaches pick are, you know, not looked on as favorably. Right. But I think that you're like, over, like quickly brushing over, like just the magnitude of that hand injury that Kirby doc had that yeah. kept him out for as long That's as it fair. did and like hampered him. So I, I think he's, I'm really big on Kirby doc. I think that that's going to be a move down the road that like looks like shit for Chicago um, because he's going to line up with Suzuki or Caulfield and just fall. Well, yeah. And, and that was the thing is like, 
when Montreal did not select, so it it was funny how this it was funny how this whole trade worked out because I don't know if you watched the draft at all, Miles, but this was this was like this is my favorite part of the draft because this was a trade that the insiders hadn't even reported yet. So this was like live on television. Gary Bettman like announced the trade, and it was unbelievable because we have a trade to announce. So the way it worked was that Gary Bettman came out, and they all thought that he was coming out to rattle off the fourth selection by Seattle. He comes out, and they start booing him, and then he says, "I, I." He's like, "You're gonna want a chair." Uh, I there, there, there's a couple of trades, and it involves Montreal or Montreal. And he's and then so he obviously starts the whole like the Montreal Canadiens have traded or uh or sorry the New York Islanders have traded the 13th overall selection to the uh to the Montreal Canadiens for uh defenseman Alexander Romanov and they like lost their and they were like pissed off because it's like oh we gave up on this young defenseman and then he's like and the second trade and the like I initially was like. Holy shit, did they just trade up to four and now they're gonna yeah. get Shane Wright and Slavkovsky? And they he announces the trade and it ends up being for for uh Kirby Doc, but the Habs fans lost their minds in the audience because it's like, well, now you got your now you got your number one left winger and then you've got your number one, number two centerman. So I mean, fuck if Slavkovsky and Doc play on the same line, that's a that's a and or and if you throw like Josh Anderson on on the right, that's yeah, a it's... big 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 hunks of meat there. Big buff boys. Big big little buff boys. Um, just got nominated for an Emmy, hey? I um, think you should leave. Did it? Yeah, they got I... nominated for an Emmy today, which is pretty freaking cool. I I I I didn't even I didn't even realize that. Yeah, insider. Yeah, very cool trade for sure. Excited to see how things roll out that way Nolan but with that out of the way we kind of get into the goalie block of the of the show here um which one do you want to start with do you want to talk about the guy that I wanted really bad for the Oilers do you want to talk about how about we talk about the last non-goalie trade (sighs) yeah because we I mean we need to talk about so so. this king (laughs) this friend of the show do you, do you, do you, do you want me to take it, Miles? Because yeah, I can. This, I can do this. This is your child. Yeah, go ahead. Um, our favorite player in the league, uh, Anthony Tony D'Angelo, was traded from the Carolina Hurricanes to the Philadelphia Flyers for a second round pick, a third round pick, and a fourth round pick. Years not specified, and then was slapped with a two year, ten million dollar extension. So that's five million per year. First and foremost, I have to give credit to the Carolina Hurricanes. They sign the guy, take advantage of just a, a crazy, crazy productive season offensively, let him have a hissy fit in the playoffs, then decide absolutely not bringing this guy back for a long-term deal. And they somehow flip him for like a shitload of assets that they can throw at something else at the trade deadline, allowing the Philadelphia Flyers, yes, the Philadelphia fucking Flyers that are having quite possibly one of the most like insane off seasons <laughs> that we're about to see. 
because they immediately hand Tony D'Angelo $5 million. And this is in addition to the fact that they're going to be paying Rasmus Ristolainen like $5.5 million next year. Asmus. Asmus Ristolainen. And this team has no sense of direction. Like... What are you talking about, Nolan? They they do have a sense of direction. It's just southbound. Yeah, it's it's straight for the toilet is where they're going. Oof, they want Connor Bedard. I, hey, do, do they want they, Connor Bedard? They'll probably select some like some like six foot five guy with like hands made of gra- or with a, hands made of granite. Why not just a power forward named Cutter? Oh yeah, I forgot they selected. Which is what they actually you. did at five this year. Nuts, dude. Tony D'Angelo and. Uh, Tortorella in the room together <laughs> going to be fireworks I that, cannot wait to see that that's going to uh, be a lot of that's going to be a lot of uh, a, a lot of Italian passive aggressiveness dude the best part about all of this is that there's is the the, the leak like Tony D'Angelo just gets rolled whenever he does anything um, the not Tony D'Angelo Twitter account like NYR fan whatever is like new to Philly hockey who should I follow <laughs> By the way, not Tony. So, like, very, very funny that he's still doing his thing. But somebody dragged up a screenshot of like him doing an AMA on uh, on Instagram, and it's like the question: What's your least favorite franchise in the NHL? And this fucking guy said the Philadelphia Flyers. <laughs> so now he's in Philadelphia on a team that, like, two years ago he said is his least favorite team in the NHL, and he's releasing statements like, "So thrilled to be in Philadelphia! Like, can't wait to get things started. This is going to be awesome." awesome like blessed to be a blessed to be a flyer but like this image of him saying that philadelphia is like my least favorite team is just getting (laughs) floated as a top reply it's fantastic to see the shit posting olympics that's happening around tony d'angelo and it couldn't happen to a better guy it's i just i i know that i'm getting off track by saying this but like i constantly think about (laughs) I constantly think about that puff piece just before he was drafted, like that, like that fucking interview that he did, where they interview both him and his dad, and then they like, because, I mean, the apple doesn't that, fall if, far if, from the if, tree. If, if, if anybody doesn't know, uh, Tony D'Angelo, uh, I believe, called a either a teammate or an opposing player um, a racial slur, which was. Um, uh, a less than uh, a less than stellar career choice by Tony, um, in which when they asked his dad about it and they were like, "What would you have done in this situation?" He's like, "I would have done the exact same thing." It's like, "What the fuck, man? You shouldn't admit that." <laughs> like, just a completely unhinged upbringing. That's the uh, that's the KFC double down of the century, and you love to see it. <laughs> Uh, anyways, fuck Tony D'Angelo. I uh, hope his career is terrible in Philadelphia. Um, moving on from there. I don't think Tony's going to come on our podcast anytime soon, so sorry about that, Tony. Um, he did it again, Nolan. Which one? Steve Eiserman. Just when there's a goalie that I want, Steve Eiserman says, no, and he reaches his grubby little fucking log changing spindly wrists like the you know the log the guy that changes the log in the yuletide channel every year i feel like that's steve eiserman just to fuck me around gets Vili huso out of st louis for a 2023 third round pick the guy that i had as my sleeper for the oilers crease keeper 
the 1A, 1B with Stuart Skinner next year is now in the same place as Sebastian Kosa and Alex Nedeljkovic. So any goalie I want, Steve Eiserman gets. Very sick. Fucking go wings. I'm um, not bitter. What do you do? You think this says anything about Sebastian Kosa? I mean, I guess he's only signed nope. to a three-year deal, but I guess like I guess exactly. the I guess the way that I was looking at it is like, does this maybe say that they're not as confident that he's ready to start like fairly soon? But I guess at the same time, he is pretty young still. A, a, goal, a goaltender, a goaltending asset is not a bad thing. And they're just building the arms race that we saw in South Beach, right? Like when they had Bobrovsky, Drager, and Knight. Now you have three legitimate starting NHL goalies. You know, two two legitimate starting NHL goalies on your NHL team and like a fantastic prospect coming up. So yeah. I don't think that Steve Eiserman is... Yeah, I don't think that that's any indication of like a lack of confidence in Casa, who had a nuts playoff for the Edmonton Oil Kings going into the Memorial Cup where one of their best guys was hurt and then they kind of had a shitty showing, but like he was a freak all playoffs for the WHL and won the championship. So like by all accounts, everything is good in hockey town. Okay, that's fair. I I just wanted to I just wanted to pick your brain on that one. I just wanted to play devil's advocate for a second. Okay. That's, I did not just you. That. Can I I haven't no. I haven't heard that <laughs> in a I, while. Brother. <laughs> Can I, there was a really funny tweet that I saw and it's like, um, male birth control already exists. It's called playing devil's advocate <laughs> for the poly class. Male birth control does exist. It, it, it's called, it's called, it's called owning every Jordan Peterson book. Oof. Oof, Maron. <laughs> Oh my god that 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 is re- that is re- really funny, Miles. Thank you. Now okay. pick pick your hand into the into the hat of goalie trades and and give me another one, Nolan. Uh, well, I'll, I'll 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 bring up the one that also happened at the draft, and I'm a fucking idiot that I didn't that that I didn't say it. Um, Peter Mrazek, and a 2022 first, um, went to the Chicago Blackhawks for a 2022 second. Um, the Toronto Maple Leafs only moved down 13 picks in this process uh, and got rid of a... I don't want to call the contract a boat anchor because I don't believe that it is. Um, and we'll get into the discussion about, like... The price that or the price that 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 the Leafs paid versus the price that the Oilers paid to dump their problematic contracts. Uh, Peter Mrazek making three point eight million dollars for the next two years um, only cost the Leafs thirteen spots in the draft. Um, there's a couple of things that 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 go into this. Um, one being, I think Kyle Dubas just took advantage of Kyle Davidson and absolutely stole his lunch money on this one um, because I think that Kyle Davidson could have absolutely pushed for way more. And on the flip side of the coin, Peter Morazic also has a history of having pretty decent numbers. So I think at that point, like, he's more valuable than a guy that's a consistent fourth liner. Like, Zach Cassian is objectively not good. There is a possibility that Peter Morazic could be decent next season and then could be flipped in, you know, June of next year because he'll have a he'll have one year left and some goalie needy team is going to be all over it. So, I don't totally see it as a complete as a as a complete same same situation. Um, but pretty pretty shrewd move for the Leafs. I'll give them credit. For sure. Um, 
I don't know. I, I like Mrazic. I, I've had a soft spot for Mrazic for a really long time. Actually, going back to the World Juniors when he I played for the Czech Republic. That. And he was a, f- or sorry, Czechia. Uh, and was like jumping into the glass for goal celebrations and stuff. Like he, he was electric. And when he broke into the league, I was excited to see what he'd do with it. And um, he seems to be a really good tandem goalie, like you said, with the numbers that he's able to put up. And yeah, this effectively closes the door in Toronto for bringing back either of their goalies. And starts a new regime in the crease in uh in in the maple leaf land so interesting to say the least but it is what it is and uh following up the goalie trades we'll we'll do the last one before the la- before the two that happened in the last 24 hours vtech vanacek and a 2022 second were sent to the new jersey devils for a 2022 second and a 2022 third so i think there was just some chicanery to move around um but vtech vanacek finds himself in a new home washington deciding that they are going to be moving on and going into this free agency window Looking for a number one goaltender. So, yeah, Samsonov also they're saying that they're not bringing back. So, same thing as what happened in Toronto. Looks like they're uh, they're getting two new crease guardians. Um, the rumblings, Nolan, seem to have Darcy Camper going to Washington. That's, which, that's what it's looking like. Really, really hurts. Hurts the boy. Maybe How- wishful thinking to think that he was going to come to Edmonton, but that's definitely what I was holding out for. I wanted him over Jack Campbell. How about we have the the Kemper-Campbell conversation when we start talking about the Oilers? That sound good? Yeah. Okay, dude. I'm down for that, dog. <laughs> uh, you I don't down? know why. Are you, down? Are, you, are you down with the sickness? I'm down with Webster. Woe is me. I'm so woe. Um, and yeah, Sassel Summer Invasion. Speaking of Summer Invasion, Nolan, the Ottawa Senators continue their making money moves and trade Matt Murray uh, and some picks, specifically a 2023 third rounder and 2024 seventh rounder to the Toronto Maple Leafs for future considerations. LOL. So, um, this Can is we an bitch interesting deal. Can we bitch for a second? Um, I actually, so, okay. I think the interesting part about this move is that on one hand, I agree that there is a pretty, like, okay, let's put it this way. This is the ultimate, like, like, uh, like. Uh, risk will risk will reward trade. Jesus, I can't say reward properly. This is the ultimate risk reward trade. Like your potential reward on on a guy like Matt Murray is you could get like plus nine twenty save percentage and like could go on an absolute heater in the playoffs. Your risk that you're taking is that he continues to gradually decline and nothing you can do is going to stop that. And that is, could completely sink your season. Um, Nolan, you're forgetting one extremely important fact. That he makes $4.6 million. No, that he's got that dog in him. He's a Sue Greyhound baby. Oh. He got that dog. <laughs> I mean, the, like, God bless waiting, Kyle Dubas. I've been Dubis. waiting all episode to make that joke. 
I mean, he does look like a dog. I mean, have you have you, got you that dog in have him. you have you I, I like my guy Matt. You gotta like let's up that skincare regime. Yeah, that picture of him where it looks like he only smoked cigarettes and drank Polish vodka. Incredible. Okay, let's not forget. I'm going to be a dick and then I'm going to be really nice to Matt Murray. Let's not forget the fact that last year he was like getting reassigned to the AHL for the purpose of like a buyout. And then the Senators had a change of heart and brought him back to the big leagues. Um, He had a rough go. He's two-time Stanley Cup champion and he lost the crease battle in uh, in Pittsburgh and was ultimately out about two years ago. I think it was uh, reports came out that his father passed away and that him and his dad were extremely close. So he went from like a very good team with his life set up, his family, everything like that established to a major upheaval in his life, a change of scenery, a bad team. I don't think it's fair to say that this guy is like washed and i'm not saying that you're implying that just for people at home that are talking about matt murray being ass and different things like that like you really need to take a player's personal life into account and i think that that is often overlooked specifically for for matt murray who had a really tough time in his life and then in ottawa so hopefully a change of scenery again in toronto is going to be something that he's going to be able to um use his like internal motivation and and be the answer uh, that being said, I would personally probably think that that's not the case. I'm I'm not I, I like I said I I want to be in Matt Murray's corner and I want to see him be successful, but Toronto doesn't seem to have the goaltending radar that other teams do. I'll put it to you that way. They don't I have guess, the puck luck. I guess the thing that is kind of making me laugh at this point um, is that. I constantly hear out of Toronto that like um you know I, the 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 big common theme uh all over all over Twitter right now is at least like um I'm you know I I'm seeing stuff like I'd rather take the 2 year gamble on Matt Murray than the 5 year gamble on Jack Campbell um but it's and then they start doing this whole thing where it's like you know, oh, he played 20 games last year, and if you get rid of this one game, he had like a nine, you know, a, a nine fifteen save percentage or whatever. And it's like, okay, that's all and well. I I completely see where you're coming from, but also like, I've watched this guy not be very good, and he has not been very good. Okay, so like, at this point, you can't look at this confidently and say this is a great move for the Toronto Maple Leafs. This is a gamble. Okay, and it it absolutely could pan out. I'm I completely I completely will will see that, but you have to recognize what it is, and it is a massive gamble, because if in fact Matt Murray fails, you are looking at one year of four point six million dollars on your cap, and that's already fucked. <laughs> that's already fucked, and you traded a guy in Peter Mrazek who had one bad season. For and you and you and you attach stuff to him, and I understand that you only move down 13 spots. Well, guess what? Next year, when you try and make that move for Matt Murray, if you need to, you might not be so lucky. You might be looking at a situation where you have to pay a first, like an actual first, not not moving down spots. As in, I will not be picking until later on in the second round. So I've seen it on Twitter a little bit, and this is the last thing I want to say. Leafs chatter for now in this regard. 
if Matt Murray doesn't pan out, is this the first nail in the coffin for Dubas? Like, does this get the discussion going that like this is not the guy anymore? I think I, I think it has to. I th- no, I just straight up think I think if if they if they lose in the first round this year or if they don't make the playoffs, he's done. He's, yeah, he's got to be. I like, I, because I don't. He's, I don't. Yeah, like he's got to be. And at that, that seat, point, that seat got to be hot. That seat got to be mad hot. And, and at that point, like, I'm only saying this because it's it's karma for all the shit we've taken on McDavid. But like, if that happens, Matthews watches on. He's got two years left before he's a UFA. Make it count. Make it count. Um, going speaking from, of making it count, yes. No <laughs> the Ottawa Senators are back on their are are just continuing their bullshit. They're they're showing them bad selves, because um, they flipped Philip Gustafson, a twenty four year old. I don't really want to call him prospect, but like was pretty good with the Belleville Senators and pretty all right in some of his limited time with the Ottawa Senators to the Minnesota Wild for goalie Cam Talbot, because um, well. The Minnesota Wild decided to re-sign Marc-Andre Fleury, and then Cam Talbot's agent came out and said, hey, we don't like that. Cam Talbot's not too happy about that. And then Bill Guerin basically said, I don't have to do shit for you, Cam Talbot. <laughs> and, well, he 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 did some shit, needless to say. I, I, think I know Bill that, that, I know that, that joke's been that. going all around Twitter. I think, he, I think he was drunk when he said that because he woke up, sobered up, and was like, nah, sorry, camera, let's trade you. <laughs> Um, I'd be remiss, Nolan, if I did not say that Cam Talbot is the franchise single season win record holder for your Edmonton Oilers. So we're hoping that he goes to Ottawa and is just a big bad wolf for a, for a dirty, dirty sense team who Nolan, some, again, I'm hearing rumblings that this Ottawa Senators team is going to be nasty next year. And I will beat that drum until the cows come home. I think they're going to be good next year. Maybe not good, but I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to surprise people. I think they got that dog in them. I just I just, I just don't believe in DJ Smith. I don't I don't think he's a very good coach. DJ. But we'll DJ see. Smith. But we'll see. <laughs> Moving on from there. Miles, should we just talk about NHL free agency and then we'll go into Oilers free agency and then we'll open up to a couple questions from Twitter and then we'll get the hell out of here. Does that sound okay? Hell yeah. That sounds really good to me, Nolan. Let's rip through this first one. Um, okay. You want to do it? Sure. Let's go. Um, let's go. So, biggest news in uh, in the NHL free agency landscape, um, besides, I guess, the Johnny Gaudreau news, which just dropped tonight, uh, is Evgeny Malkin is heading to free agency. Evgeny Malkin of, of the Pittsburgh Penguins fame, the soon-to-be 36-year-old who just came off of a season in which he posted 42 points in 41 games, is testing free agency after seemingly being lowballed by the Pittsburgh Penguins despite giving 35-year-old Chris Letang a $36 million over six-year deal. Um, a little, a, a little bit of a curious decision by the Pittsburgh Penguins in that regard. Um, and then after it was announced that Malkin will be testing free agency, the Pens then gave um, winger Ricard Raquel a six-year, $30 million deal to stay in Pittsburgh. Um, I think all signs, like, everybody's freaking out about this. Um, my, my... Heart says that he's going to sign in like Washington or New York. My head says he's going back to Pittsburgh. I still think he's going to go back to Pittsburgh. I think I still think he's going to go back to Pittsburgh. What do you think? 
Um, like I saw a report that came out that Crosby went to go visit him at his house in Florida. And like, they've got too much history. They've got three cups. They've got a solid core. Like I don't see, I think Malkin's just playing chess, not checkers. And he's acting all, all hurt. And he's going to get like a, a good contract for a, a season or something like that out of him is, is what my head says as well. Um, or else he's just going to 180 it and go to like St. Louis or something crazy. He has a tremendous face that would make a good frown. Like he has a really good frown face. You know, he's got, he's got, he's got, like, he's, got like, he's got like super big lips. I think he'd, I think he'd, I think he would have one of the most saddest faces on earth. And yeah, I think that probably, I think that probably helps the negotiating tactics. Yeah, it's got to, that, that should be taught in business schools across the country. Um, <laughs> the Evgeny Malkin frown. Evgeny Malkin frown. Uh, Nolan, some other big news, another big fish that got taken off of the market. Uh, Philip Forsberg is staying put in Nashville. Eight years at $68 million. It's an AAV of $8.5 million. Congrats on getting the Louis Vuitton bag, my brother. Enjoy Music City as you have been. So there goes that bet where we were saying that he was going to go somewhere crazy and, and make a, a bad team good or head the west, head to the West Coast or something like that to be with George Kittle. So it is what it is. Uh, he's staying put in Nashville. And uh, good for the Preds, I guess, to keep uh, one of their guys around for for eight more seasons. And, uh, well, we already talked about it before, but apparently Johnny Gaudreau was offered an eight-year deal of, uh, I believe it was actually even more north of $10 million a season uh, from Frank Saravalli, who reported that. So as far as, it knows, as far as it seems right now, this whole Johnny Gaudreau saga is not about the money. It's about something more than that. It seems like it's about, it's about family, which um, is... Uh, it's been a long day. Quite, it's quite, it's quite poignant, if you ask me. Uh, but he loves Calgary. Speaking, His family loves Calgary. Sorry. Um, speaking of Gaudreau, um, a, a, a team that we all expect to make a run at Johnny Gaudreau if they can even afford it, and I don't think they will. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers. We had talked about them before. Uh, they bought out the remaining bit of Oscar Lindblom's contract. Now. Ooh. Why is that a curious decision, Miles? Because Oscar Lindblom is or Lindblom is one of like the most inspirational athletes of the past ten years, beating cancer and coming back in a COVID season to play at the highest level of his sport. Fantastic, great guy. He's he's someone that you can look up to, right? Right. Yes. Yep. Horribly, horribly, horribly scummy from just an absolute rotten apple of a city. Philadelphia should be ashamed of themselves. I, 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 I can't believe. Like you are a piece of shit team, and you made a piece of shit move to get rid of a guy who, like you said, has been incredibly inspirational um, to the entire league. And it just, it, it just, it's, it's, it's less than. I, I just, yeah, I, I don't like that. Um, waiting, waiting for the hockey is a business replies in the in the chat for that one but like come on man brutal um by the way uh a update a quick breaking news update uh andre andre palat is testing the market tomorrow hey let's go all right let's get into the meat and potatoes of this whole thing oilers the oilers radio network uh 
The Oilers have roughly $15 million in cap space, uh, taking LTIR space into consideration, which will give them around an additional $6.3 million. Um, That brings them to, yes, around $21 million in cap space after the, by the way, we forgot to mention this, Duncan Keith retired. Um, Shout out Duncan Keith, uh, Hall of Fame career. Um, Tainted. Yeah, that's I. I can't. Uh, everybody knows my feelings on Duncan Keith. I. I s- still can't. I don't want to talk too much about him. Uh, and the Zach Cassian trade. So, as it stands right now, uh, and the Mike Smith LTIR. Oh yes, and the L- and the Mike Smith LTIR. Well, I I mentioned LTIR space. The LTIR used up by Oscar Clefbaum. It's been a long day without you, my friend. And Mike Smith, since you've been gone, um. So I just we're 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 looking at twenty one million dollars worth of cap space and basically a few like a few key UFAs um that are potentially possibly resigning, I don't know, and a couple of RFAs that need to be taken care of. So first and foremost, RFAs, yes to pull ERV, um Miles. There it is. Uh, Kyler Yamamoto and Ryan McLeod are all RFAs. Both Yamamoto and Puyi Arvi have uh, have arbitration rights, so they can take this to an arbitrator. Um, it seemed like Yesi Puyi Arvi was going to be moved for the longest time, and after some personnel rum- changes, rumblings, and yes, some personnel changes, we will talk about actually an important personnel change that happened. Um, it's looking like he might be sticking around. We'll see. I'm, I I don't want to guarantee that, but we'll see. And uh, key free agents that are UFAs are Evander Kane and Brett Kulak. So let's get into Evander Kane first. Uh, Evander Kane is officially going to test the free agent market uh, after the Oilers offered about a three-year deal worth roughly $4.75 million per Um a bunch of people looked at this as a supreme, uh, like slap in the face, um, uh, just piece of shit offer to Evander Kane. And what I say to that, I think that's all he deserves because just because you put on a good performance for four months and you run your best behavior does not mean that you deserve a long-term extension, uh, in order to make yourself more money, despite the fact that you're in a battle with the NHL, uh, for your, uh, 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 contract supremacy. So as far as I see it, this guy rode a super hot shooting percentage in both the regular season and the playoffs, and the Oilers did find success, but I personally think that that money that you are potentially having to spend on a Vander Kane should be used on multiple assets rather than one. Especially for the term, man. And anybody that I would talk anybody that I talked to like outside of the pod, I, I was saying that like they were asking, like, well, what would you want a Vander Kane to come back for? And I was like, if it starts with a five, I could stomach it, but I wouldn't like it. And the fact that uh, Holland came in at 4.75 is not, again, I agree with you, not a slap in the face. I think is more than fair for who he is, what he is, and what he did for the Oilers. I don't understand the Evander Kane must be Connor McDavid's winger, um, like crowd on Twitter and among Oilers fans. So I think it's just best to move on from that, wash your hands of it. And um, I've been seeing that Calgary is the suitor now for Evander Kane at that high contract. So if that happens, uh, Battle of Alberta, crazy. If that happens, Flames fans, crazy, because you were shitty to him in the playoffs, and I want to see you be a hypocrite. 
So um, I don't know if you've paid attention at all of what what was what what popped out today. Um, are we and, talking about? Are we talking about BK? Uh, no, I'm talking okay. about I'm I'm talking I'm talking about EK still. Um, okay. Because um, and and obviously take this with a grain of salt. Um, I I'm not going to get into the previous history but i it i i kind of had a major like moment with evander kane today where i was like man like i don't want the don't want to bring this guy back so as people probably know um anna kane his strange ex-wife um now she she did post an instagram story today in which she mentioned that she believes evander is signing with the la kings tomorrow and it's mainly due to like California law stuff and how he's able to basically get away with um, the lawsuits that he has uh, allegedly against him. Like I said, I'm not going to get into the minutia of that of that whole thing. Um, with that being said, I did look through Anna Kane's Instagram and I just there, there's some shit there that I I, I just recommend people kind of look into this, um, especially when we're kind of especially when a lot of the media. And a lot of the people surrounding this whole situation have kind of been like, oh, Evander Kane's been like an upstanding citizen. He's been, you know, all that stuff. Um, I understand that that's off the ice and those are off the ice concerns. But I do want people to take that into consideration because um, at the end of the day, I don't believe that people, um, I I don't believe that that, the people that that, that do stuff like he does um, should be rewarded. Um, With that being said, I firmly believe that Evander Kane is going to make a shitload of money tomorrow. Um, and, um, oh, well, that's just, that's just the situation at hand. Um, now, following that up, you mentioned BK, and we're not yes. talking Burger King. We are talking Brett Kulak. <sighs> Sad. Brett, Brett Kulak Sad is, faces all around. Also testing the market after negotiations have been kind of wonky because um, there were reports that he was asking for two point five times four times four years. Which um, why the frick wouldn't you give him that? Like that absolutely should have been signed right then Fuck, and there. Man. But then there's also in been Sharpie, bro. There's been conflicting reports that it was around three to three point five million for three years. I still say, what are you doing? In sharp, in sharpie. <laughs> um, because in my humble opinion, you need to get this fucker signed, like ASAP. I swear to God, if we finish off tomorrow, Miles, this is my th- here's here's my here's my fear because this has been the thing. Brett Kulak has been talked about as like the yeah, he's definitely going to be back for the Oilers. He's definitely going to be back. I swear to God, if tomorrow ends. And Brett Kulak signs for like 3.5 for three years in Montreal. And the Oilers sign like Ben Sherratt for like 4.5 times 5. I will vomit. I will actually vomit. (laughs) I will piss my pants on live TV. For the love of God. Brett Kulak... Like Brett Kulak was a revelation to this team. When Darnell Nurse was suffering his injury, Brett Kulak stepped up. I understand that Duncan Keith also took some minutes. I I, I get that. But Brett Kulak was the main reason why this team's decor pulled their shit together. And just a tremendous defenseman. And, like, it's so perfect. It's it's the hometown kid. How is this not done? The only acceptable 
alternative I see for not getting Brett Kulak is if they get Josh Manson. See, and and if for me, the only alternative, well, because first and foremost, I absolutely don't believe that's happening because Josh Manson seems like he's going to Anaheim. Is like that's like that's like basically done. He's going back to Anaheim. Really? But, yeah. My oh, big thing is if you don't re-sign Brett Kulak, fine. Trade for Jacob Chikrin. Yeah, get get Tyson Berry the fuck out of here. Trade and for trade for Travis Sanheim or something. But you yeah. have to if if you are if you are basically holding your chips at the table and you're saying nope, we're not going to put that into Brett Kulak, then make that deal for that for that top notch like nuclear top four defenseman. Stud. Yes, that's it's got I, stud. I can't believe he's going back to Anaheim. Really, that's crazy. Well, it's 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 insinuated, but, but yeah, we'll I guess. It. Do you really want to play for your dad too? Like that would be an interesting. Yeah. Like, yeah, probably really sick, but also like, I'd be ask, tough. A- ask ask Adam Lowry. That was a terrible Jets team last year. Um, but and so now, with that being said, the Kulak camp has not has not like said no to said no to a return. They're just testing the market, and by some of the like. Edmonton media they're thinking that he's just going to see how much he's worth that's all and if that's the case fine but please even if you have to pay this guy like a top four defenseman he's worth it I understand that you want Philip Broberg to take that next step Philip Broberg hasn't done that allow Brett Kulak to take those minutes and then yes if we end up in a situation where he's playing more third pairing, well, at least you're still sheltering. Uh, you're still sheltering Philip Broberg. For the love of God, we gave sixteen million dollars to Chris Russell. We can give sixteen million to Brett Kulak. Um. Anyways, now let's quickly get to um the guys that have been linked to the Oilers rumors. So. First and foremost, the big one, uh, Jack Campbell, the goalie for the Toronto Maple Leafs, will most likely be signing a five-year deal tomorrow in the neighborhood of $25 million. So, yes, that's $5 million per at 12.01 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow. Um, first and, and foremost. Is that expected to be signed in Edmonton? I would, I would assume probably not. I feel like that would kind of be a bad decision if they don't want, uh, if they don't want to get in trouble with the NHL. But um, yes, they are thinking that he will be signing a five-year deal with the Oilers. Okay, fair enough. That's that's what I was saying. Like, oh, not okay, physically, sorry. Not I, I physically you... in the city. Like they're gonna yeah. have him at West Ed. Like now, watch yeah. me go down the water slide, baby. Yeah. Um. So with that being said, um. The now I I've been seeing a bunch of stuff on Twitter. It's like, oh, the the uh the Oilers should be hit with a tampering charge. Like, if, and I I said this before. If you're crying about tampering in professional sports, get a fucking life. Like that's such dork behavior. If you're complaining about tampering. Get out of here. Nolan. Yes. How nice, and I say nice, would it feel to hit on two Leafs in two consecutive off-seasons? How nice would that feel? Um, well, I mean, to a, to a certain extent, um, because you have to remember, like, both of these guys are about to be paid very handsomely. The ones that we have yes. stolen from the Oilers, or stolen from the Leafs. Um, it would be cool, but it's only cool if we see success out of it. Yes. It's not cool well, if we lose in the first round. Right. right. I'm, I'm correct. But let's let's think big brain here. Let's be excited. Let's be optimistic. If the Oilers hit 
on two Leafs in back-to-back summers and have consistent success, um, I imagine without actually trying it that that's what heroin feels like. I I would actually I would actually argue and say I would feel that would that would be like what heroin to the dick feels like. <laughs> right into the vein. Super America. boners. Super uh, boners. Jack heroin Cam- boners. <laughs> Jack Campbell had a 31-9 and 6 record with the Leafs with a .914 save percentage and a 2.64 GAA. Uh, right around league average and goaltending. Actually, I think that was a little bit better than league average. I think league average was down slightly this year, so that's good to see. And in the playoffs, he finished with a three and four record with a .897 save percentage and a three point one five GAA. Um, to start the season, Jack Campbell was in was genuinely in Vesna conversations. Like he was awesome to start this year, and it he looks was like a, he a had, freak until the All Star break. Man. And then after the All Star break, it seems like he had some injuries, kind of fell off the cliff a little bit. Um. Now, he's going to be playing with, um, I would say, probably a worse defense in Edmonton. Like, let's let's just call a spade a spade. Not um, probably, confirmed. Yeah, per, per Darren, per Elliott. Um, but he was, like, he wasn't great in the playoffs this year, but he was unreal in the playoffs before. Like, spectacular. Um, from all accounts, uh, an awesome teammate. Um the, funny media guy yeah he's he's kind of a goofball um a little concerning he hasn't played more than 150 games but who knows maybe that's like maybe this is where we really see it take off and this guy becomes a bona fide starter with that being said it would be a little i i want to see Stuart skinner develop and it would be awesome if Stuart skinner takes that starting job and then i mean it would be but it wouldn't be at the same time because uh, then you're like oh now we have a five million dollar backup but whatever um, at the end of the day, the Oilers needed a starting goaltender, and they're about to have one. So hell yeah, dude, that's exciting. Um, the next guy on the list, uh, a, a little guy. I, 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 it's, I mean, he's he's pretty good. Uh, a, a former captain of the ah oh, fuck the Philadelphia Flyers, Claude Giroux is um, and the only reason why I bring him up is because so. Let's kind of say this right, right from the get-go. As of 10.19 p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, on uh, July 12th, uh, multiple reports are linking him to the auto senators. Now, mm-hmm. they're not saying that they have signed him or that, um, that, that it's, it's looking like he will sign right away. It's not as obvious as it is with Jack Campbell, but the Oilers have been sniffed around with Claude Giroux. Pierre Lebrun reported last week that um, they were looking into it and that he was interested. And then, according to ESPN's Greg Wyshynski, the team with the most Giroux buzz was the Oilers at the draft. So, that's exciting stuff. Um, I was I was seeing tweets earlier today that he there that that's not confirmed, like that he's off the Oilers. That 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 that, that hype was overblown. So who who knows what to believe, man. I did watch insider trading before we recorded tonight and Pierre Lebrun still kept the Oilers in it. And he still said that the Oilers are, are, are among the teams. Cause it was like, it was Florida is officially out. Florida was in the running. Um, but it looked, it was looking like it was like either Ottawa, Carolina or Edmonton. So we'll I, see. Eh? I think it's probably going to be Ottawa, but my God, would it be cool if Claude Giroux signed with the Oilers? Because that's, that's the whole thing is the Oilers should be, and this has been talked about by Elliot Friedman was that the Oilers have become a hot commodity around the league because of their playoff run and how dominant Leon and Connor were that 
this should be the time that veterans are looking at the team and saying like, hey, that's my way to win a cup. Mm -hmm. So this team is close, but they got to fill some holes. And one of those holes that we would like to have filled, that's gross, is Dylan Strom. Because he was recently not qualified by the Chicago Blackhawks, and so was Dominic Kubelik. Neither of these guys were qualified, so they will hit as UFAs. Uh, both of them are around 25, 26 years old, and I mean, goddamn, if you could get Dylan Strom on this team, oh. That's something that Oilers fans um, in general, but specifically on this podcast, have talked about a lot for a number of years, is the like Strom McDavid love fest. Um, and it would be really cool to see that come to fruition. So I, I'm a, I'm a big Strom guy. I would really like to see the Oilers take a, take a shot on this guy and have it work out. And then everyone who has a Strom Jersey from when Ryan was an Oiler can wear it again. And it's just out the front Strom. So uh, there's a, there's a certain shopping list I'd like to see tomorrow. And man, if you could fit Dylan Strom on that, on that shopping list, I'd just be, it would just be beautiful. Um, Dominic Kubelik, I'm interested in, but only for a very, very, very like low, like low cap hit. If you could quick, get Dominic, quick Kub- and dirty. If you could get him for like 900k or like a million bucks, that's not a bad yeah. gamble, you know. Not at all. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe he could take over that Evander Kane role, throw him on the throw him throw him on the top line with, and then who knows? Maybe you could be like, wow, here's another guy that clicked really well with Connor. It doesn't have to be Evander Kane. Just something to think about. Um, a guy I do, do not want on this team is Nick Delorier, um, because Bob Stoffer. I I've been doing this thing where I've just been listening to Oilers now, um, almost every day, and it's incredibly depressing. And by goodness, Bob needs to step away from the microphone because he constantly sounds like he's eating. What? Like, it's it's. I'm not joking. It's so wet. It's it's such a wet noise. He's like. One guy I've been really interested in is uh, Josh Anderson from Montreal Canadiens. Um, uh, scored uh, twenty uh, twenty five goals last year um, on a pretty not uh, you know uh, 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 pretty less than stellar Habs team. It's like okay, so give, give for someone who may be naive to the Nick Delorier. Who who is he? What is he? What's his he problem? He is a, a fourth line winger that goes punchy punchy. Ooh, where yeah. have we seen that before? Oh, I wonder. I wonder where after you just after you just spent an arm and a leg trying to get rid of Zach Cassian. Apparently, Nick Delorier is commanding two times four. Fuck me. If if this team gives Nick Delorier two million dollars for four years, they haven't learned a fucking thing. Holy Moses! Shutters. Um, I am shuddered. <laughs> yes, I I will lose my mind if that happens. Um, okay, but I don't think Nick Delore is going to happen. And actually, before I mention this last guy, I want to mention the personnel change that happened. So, front office made, made a couple little changes. And a promotion happened by the direction of Brad ha- oh, Holland. Brad Holland. The son of Ken Holland has been promoted to assistant general manager and director of pro scouting. Um, Now, why is this interesting, Miles? Well, that's because apparently Brad Holland is quite a forward-thinking individual. Um, He has uh, apparently from 
some accounts have told have have said that he was the one that kind of orchestrated the Brett Kulak move because of the underlying metrics and that this and that the Oilers were a team that did not put enough emphasis on that and uh now Brad Holland is getting his opportunity to potentially who knows maybe showcase for that inevitable GM position that will come up um Pretty excited about this hire, to be completely honest. I listened to his interview on Oilers Now, and he talked about how he puts a lot of emphasis on video, and and and, and he puts a lot of em- emphasis on video and analytics, which is really refreshing to hear, um, because I, I like the fact that this team isn't completely going to be built on, well, we need, we need big, tough guys, because um, it's 2022, and that's not what wins you hockey games anymore. Um, Miles, I, I know you probably haven't looked into too much into Brad Holland, uh, but do you have any thoughts on him? No, just the fact that he's like a video, video coach, former video coach. He's just, he's, he's kind of like a video analyst. You could say like, yeah. he just, he just, he, he does, does a lot of video research. He's an analytical dreamer, Nolan. And that's yeah. what I like about him because, and there was a quote, I'm trying to find it because it was a quote from Twitter, but I'll just, um, I'll just kind of like read or not read off but like summarize what it essentially said and it was him talking about jesse puliarvi and he's like what we we really want to try and bring him back we really want like see him as a future piece for this team um and he started talking about the statistics he's like whatever center he's with he drives shots and offensive possession um and there's i could go on a little bit of a rant here about puliarvi and like why i love the numbers for him and, and defense and whatnot but Fuck it. I'm going to just super quickly. I don't understand everybody that's getting into all this shit about like Jesse Pugliarvi has to kill penalties if he's going to be an elite defensive that's player. That's so stupid. Because what is an elite defensive player, Nolan? Someone who keeps the puck out of their end. And the fact that Pugliarvi is keeping it in the offensive zone as well as putting up like doesn't get scored on a lot numbers that's that's the defense you need like he's doing it man i don't know it's ridiculous to me but um yes for mr holland holland two electric boogaloo he seems very forward thinking he's analytically driven and that is something that we've been beating a drum for for a really long time because the teams that do it are very successful and the Oilers are knocking on the door of, of being one of those teams and consistently being one of those teams. So the fact that he has a, a bigger voice at the table, I think is good for all of the Oilers and Oilers fans in general, very stoked to have you. So, and the reason why I wanted to have this as a segue is a guy that he was apparently Brad Hall was very high on before the season. Mason Marchment is a free agent. Um, by the way, uh, Mason Marchment, the son of the late Brian Marchment, uh, who was a former Oiler and was currently a scout for the San Jose Sharks, who unfortunately passed away um, just before the draft happened. So we just want to give our thoughts and condolences to uh, Brian Marchment's family, including Mason. Um, with that being said, uh, Mason is a free agent this year, and uh, from all accounts, it seems like he's going to be pursued very heavily by the Oilers. Um, a guy, when you step back and take a look at it, coming off of a career-high 47 points in 54 games, um, you might say to yourself, that seems like a little bit of a scary gamble because that's a guy that hadn't posted more than 10 points in the in the NHL before that. Um, there are a lot of people that have kind of speculated that, that he really turned a corner last year and it was just more of a matter of opportunity rather than being in the right place at the right time. Um, 
I do worry about the amount of money and term that you might give a guy like Mason Marchment, but I like I really 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 like the idea of getting this guy, and if you can get him signed to like a you know multi year deal worth like four million dollars a year, I'm totally game for that. He's six foot four, two hundred and twenty pounds, and he's like really good at hockey rather than just being like a big tough guy that can't really skate. Yeah, agreed, man. Wholeheartedly would like to see. I just want a free agent splash, and I don't want it to be for a bad reason. I want it to be good. I want, I to want feel this, happy about what's I want happening this, with the Oilers. Like, I, I just, I, I really want this team to like be able to say like, all right, we are ready to win a Stanley Cup. We are making Stanley Cup winning moves. You know? Yeah. yeah. Is that too much to ask? No, it's time, time to go, baby. Speaking, okay. of, speaking of time to go, Nolan, why don't we go into Twitter where you open the floor to just some discussions, um, some questions for people that interact with us on Twitter and listen to the show. And we got a couple replies and it would be nice to get back to them because uh, Twitter's been been really good to us recently. Okay, so we didn't get too, too many questions. Um, and I think that's just because of our constantly growing network here. By the way, this is actually our first show since uh, since our uh, CTV Edmonton appearance, Miles. Hey, very good. And uh, we just want to say thank you to everybody that, uh, that tuned in. If you're a new follower or if you've been listening this entire time, we just want to say thank you so, so, so much. Um, this has been a... This has been a, a, a like a fun and very adventurous last couple or almost two years now. We're 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 getting pretty close to that point, um, but it's just the beginning, and I'm really excited to see how far we can go with this. But um, I opened up the questions on Twitter and said, "Recording a pod today as the pre-free agency calm before the storm, going over rumors, rumblings, reports, etc." Yes, I, I I did I did go for alliteration. Thank you, thank you for asking. Um, and we're calling on you to send in your question, Dream Fits, yada, yada, yada. Um, so I'll do the couple replies, and then I'll do the message. Um, the message I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep anonymous because they asked me to keep it anonymous. Um, but the one reply from uh, Extend the Wood uh, at Matheson Fan Club, very funny handle. He basically just said, I'm dreaming of a super team, Giroux and Patrick Kane, maybe even Marchman too. Um, I-, I think... I do think that if you're going after Giroux, I don't think either of the other two are going to be available. I think you're going to be looking at a guy like Dylan Strom uh, on that backside because I just don't think that you could really afford Giroux at like five to six million dollars and then Mason Marchman at like four million dollars. Um, but and then w- with with Patrick Kane, I think that he's going Broadway. I don't th- he's got a no movement clause and I don't think that he wants to wave to come out to that he wants a wave to come out to Edmonton, but that would be sick. That w- would be sick. A hundred percent extend the wood. It would be nuts. Um, that being said, I'm really, really, really excited as a hockey fan to see Panarin and Kane back together in New York. That's going to be lethal. Like that's going to be gross to see again. <laughs> Remember how good they were on Chicago? Seeing them under the bright lights of Broadway is going to be a-, a treat. So if he does end up going to New York, I don't want to get involved in that. I don't want to. And also, like, I personally don't want Patrick Kane. Um, I think that there's better use of of dollars and and uh, exactly personnel that can be put there. I, I would again as well take Giroux and, and Marchman over over Patrick Kane. But I'm big on Strom. I want Strom bad. 
I, he's I, on my Oilers. I want Pugliarvi. I want Yamamoto. I want McLeod, and I want Strom. I want the bottom six depth, and then Connor needs a play toy. Might as well be Giroux. And Giroux's so fucking cool, too. And if you're looking for a guy with, like, sandpaper, Giroux is one of those guys. That guy loves to throw a good hit. He loves to muck it up. Like, that's a sick player. That's, I, I, that's what I don't get about this market is, like, oh, we need, we need to keep Vader King because he's a big guy that, can, uh, that likes to muck it up. And he's, if like, if their fight compilation video on YouTube isn't at least eight minutes long, they're not they're not gritty enough for for oil country. Oh, man, we need to come up with a stat that's like grit per sixty. <laughs> <laughs> rub um, rub out rub outs. That sounds very sexual. <laughs> um, and then uh, the second the second reply is from Trav uh, at Trav Marcotte on uh, tra- at Trav Mark or sorry Jesus Christ at T Marcotte nineteen on Twitter. Um, now that Kulak is testing the market tomorrow, who is a suitable replacement to fill the gap left by him and Nurse potentially being out till December? So we talked about this when I when I mentioned like what would be acceptable for Brett Kulak moving on. I think at this point you have to make a trade for either like a Jacob Chikrin or a like Travis Sanheim is another big name as well. Um, there's also been talks about Mackenzie Weger, uh, which. Which would be yeah. unbelievable, but I think he's going to. I think if he is going to get traded, it's probably also an Ottawa move. Um, although that would surprise me if Florida is willing to trade within the division. I don't. Know. I don't think so. I don't see that happening. Yeah. Um. A a guy it doesn't f- answer Trav's question because of like I think you answered it in terms of like the Chikrin or uh, like a bigger piece type of thing, but like I'm still kind of want Carson Susi a little bit. Yeah. I would still really like to see Tyson Berry go and to fill some of the lower depth with with a guy like Carson that Susie. That trade would makes be incredible. so much sense for both sides. Like Berry right? for Susie, that makes so much sense. I don't. I don't know why. I like. I really hope that the Oilers are seriously considering something like that because just because Duncan or because the, the, there was that whole thing is like, oh, if Duncan Keith retires, then they might keep Tyson Berry. That makes literally no sense. The point is, you can't have Tyson Berry when you have Evan Bouchard on your roster. It just makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. He's um, hamper, hampering our young studs' growth. Exactly. Um, and finally, the last question comes via DM. Like I said, they remain, they asked to remain anonymous, and I'm going to keep it that way. Um, but anyways, he said, curious what you think the difference in value is in going after an Ilya Samsonov in free agency or James Reimer through trade as opposed to giving Campbell five plus million, saving 2.5 with Reimer or a similar number with Samsonov. Would you be more likely to keep Kane around by using that cash in his contract? So Ooh. I would use this, and that's a great question. Um, I would use this as an opportunity, uh, like I... In my personal opinion, I would prefer to go after someone like a James Reimer. Um, I'm not huge on going after Ilya Samsonov. And the reason being is because I just don't think he's shown any growth whatsoever so far in his NHL career. I just, I just, I just don't think so. If you really look at his numbers, he hasn't, he hasn't made a leap. There hasn't been that sort of consistent, you know, ascension into becoming a, a, a permanent starting goaltender in the NHL. So, I'm not I'm not huge on going after Samsonov, but James Reimer, man, could you imagine James Reimer and Stuart Skinner? Another just like likable duo. Like that'd be so nice. Yeah, I think that that's an awesome question. And 
very thought provoking. And again, I'm beating, I'm beating the same drum as you, Nolan, even if that's money isn't put towards Evander Kane, because I think we've kind of solidified our position on like the, we were Evander Kane guys when they brought him on at the, at the beginning of the, his term. Right. Yeah. Um, and now we are very much off the Evander bandwagon. So I wouldn't use the money that they'd be saving from Campbell to focus on bringing back Evander. I just simply like the goalie tandem of a Reimer and Skinner better yeah. than having a Jack Campbell locked up for five years. When, if, when, or if Skinner does become that bona fide number one, you don't have a $5 million backup. Right. So I, I think that that would be better long-term planning, but I think that the short-term hedging that Holland is doing on going after uh soupy is is a good idea see I'm already calling him soupy so obviously I've bought into the yeah. into the Jack Campbell hype yeah there you go you you're you're part of the Jack Campbell war at this time but I fucking wanted Darcy Kemper so bad okay um <laughs> okay we will I I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna close off that quite because we we actually didn't have this quick little Darcy Kemper discussion and, and and we and we quickly will before we head on out of here um but yeah like I, I I totally agree with you I think that I guess in my opinion when it comes to the price of goaltending unless you have a absolute fucking ace of a number one goaltender I think the lower that you can spend on goaltending the better and I think that the that the that the Colorado Avalanche are about to are are showing that to us right now, is they they're not spending very much. Like last season, uh, Darcy Kemper I think had a four million dollar cap hit, um, and and they they relatively spent like four to five million dollars on their combined goaltending, and I think with someone like Jack Campbell, you're about to spend that five million dollars plus whatever extension Stuart Skinner gets, then you're going to be up in that eight nine million dollar range and i know that that may not seem like much but when it comes down to it you're gonna end up being in a situation where that extra million or even 750k goes a long way so i i completely agree with them though like i'd be much more into you know saving that extra 2.5 with james reimer um but like i like i've said before i i wouldn't use it on evander kane i'd probably use it in some form of like a depth move or hypothetical if you're going to use it if you're going to use that extra cap space on one player make it fucking count let it be like johnny gaudreau or something <laughs> could you imagine no, how no, much he would no. be hated <laughs> you don't even want to put that out there i don't want to i don't want to deal with that shit tomorrow <laughs> He just he just comes in steals 13 from Yesse. Yesse just goes back to 98 dude i jim matheson mind. has a spontaneous combustion eric francis ceases to be no don't worry we're not we're not we're not expecting J jonathan he, he'll probably be like a devil or something tomorrow um, jonathan ice hockey going back to where it all began but uh what if, what if he goes to the islanders i i mean i, I they're, they're they're gonna make a they're gonna make a huge push to sign him i you know him who and I barzell see, would be nasty you know who i think the islanders are gonna sign though Cadre. Really? I put some money on it. Interesting. Yeah, because, we never even talked about Cadre in the UFA because, discussion. Because um, Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman on the 32 Thoughts No Free Ads were talking about like Lou Lamorello and his negotiating style. And I guess Lamorello's negotiating style is like, I literally don't talk to the agent until I'm legally allowed to. Because he's not like fucking with no tampering bullshit. Yeah. Um, well, and and they'd, ha they'd have a relationship from, from Toronto, Toronto as well. Yeah. Exactly. 
and mm. he loves signing like old Leafs. Yeah. Like if he As, has it, if he has his guy, he's he's going after his guy. Will Caudry shave the beard? Who knows? Probably, I'm not sure. Probably not. Um, but anyways, okay. The the last thing we want to talk about because I want to talk about this earlier, but you brought it up, so I just want to just quick quickly put a bow on it. Um, you would have you! much rather preferred. Yeah, that was terrifying. You would much rather prefer Darcy Kemper over Jack Campbell, and I think I would have too. Um, however, the numbers that are going out for Darcy Kemper are a little bit on the like sus side for how much he's going to be getting paid. Yeah. Cause he's like yeah. bang. I, th- I think, I think what he's going to end up with is like a, he's going to end up with more than what Markstrom got. He's also high key old. Yeah. He's 32 years old. Yeah. High key, high key. Yeah. So but I would rather, I don't know. I th- I also live in this fantasy world where he was going to sign for like $3 million just so that he could drive to Saskatoon on weekends because he just like loves Cactus Club. So um, this is my life. Why? My why, life. Why would he do that when there's a Cactus Club in Edmonton? Because the Saskatoon was better. Oh, is it? I don't know. I've never, I'm just assuming the hometown boy. He just wants I, to go I, to. I take a to... home. <laughs> What's that? I was just going to say he wants to go to like confederation mall or something <laughs> market mall is that what's called play, I don't play mini play mini golf no free ads I, I i don't know very many saskatoon landmarks i haven't been there in so long saskatoon is a great city and nice, i say nice, that with grit teeth nice nice hotel in, in the delta downtown there there you go we um, love it yeah no i i like i think that i think that Dar- i think that darcy kemper is a really great goalie um but you are about to give an old man a lot of money and he's about to go to the old man of old man teams in the washington capitol so you kids don't know that you who used to be sold Ovi, in a glass container Ovi limps over to pass the cup to Backstrom who just had his hip resurfaced and he's limping and then <laughs> resurfaced he, he did and then and then he and then he hands the cup over to Darcy Kemper who's got like who's got like an eye patch f- fucking yeah an eye patch and a fractured ankle like what a nightmare what a nightmare of a situation. John Carlson is like 45 years old and still just crushing it offensively. Tom Wilson's still hot and putting oh his God, elbow through guys' heads. So hot. By the by this time he has like he has an actual felony against him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh man. People are already people are already saying a bunch of bullshit on Twitter. Evander Kane eight and a half times seven to Calgary. Oh, Hey, they got the money to spend now, right? Oh, there's a photo of Oscar Clefbaum. Oh, is it sick? Uh, he's uh he's on a boat, and he's with a guy that actually looks exactly like Gene Principe. Awesome. I'm sending I'm sending this picture to you. Hold on. I can't wait. I'm 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 sending it on the I'm sending it on the Twitter. I just want to hear your reaction to it. The guy in the middle looks like oh! Gene Principe. That guy doesn't look like maybe Gene Principe when he was like 18. Exactly. He looks like Gene from afar. Louis Vuitton belt. Rock star. Oh, man. Do you ever just think about what life would be like if Oscar's shoulder didn't hate him? Oh, my God. He is just the best. Did you do like a triathlon or something? Oh, fuck, dude. I hope not. God, he's just he's so look at his ass in this picture. Oh, my God. Look at this one. 
or look at look at like the first reply tweet. That guy's got a fucking dump truck on him. XR mom ass. Holy hey, yeah, he does. That guy oh does. My. That guy goes ass to grass in the squat rack. God, that is sexy. All right, now that we've ended this on a very horny note, um, how about we close it off today, Biles? Yeah, absolutely, Nolan. Um, this is a is a tough one. Uh, um. Yeah, sorry to switch gears uh, no, as no as as insanely as we're about to here, but uh, this this episode was a long time coming, um, and a lot of things have happened in our lives, um, but obviously lives of people who support our show and um, and are, are are good friends of ours. So we just wanted to dedicate this episode to uh, Mr. Johnson um, and and to Brett and Janice and David especially. Um, for being as supportive as, as he has been. So our, our thoughts and condolences go out to, to you and your family and, and to Big Will's memory. Yeah, sending my condolences the entire way of the Johnson family. Um, yeah, really, really heartbreaking stuff to hear, man. So I'm really happy you brought it up. Yeah, man. Um, so actually, Nolan, there's one more thing that I wanted to say on that topic. And I, this one, you know, David's a very good buddy of mine. Um, if you're looking for three things to do from this, uh, forgive someone, help a stranger, call a friend or three and have a good catch up. Those are three things that Big Will would have wanted you to do. So with that, Nolan, let's wrap up the episode and uh, get ready for a big free agency frenzy tomorrow. Oh. Nervous. Thanks for tuning in to season two, <laughs> episode 33 of the One for One podcast. It's been a slice. The boys are back. If you aren't already having a great summer, I hope that it gets better or continues to be great. But as always, Nolan, go Oilers go. Go Oilers go.